This is Felissa Rose. And this is Dave Sheridan. And you're listening to Jump Scare. Jump Scare. Jump Scare. Ooh. Welcome back to Jump Scare. I'm Betty. And I'm Shad. This week we're joined by our friend Carrie. Creepy Carrie, creepy Carrie. Hello, everyone. And we're covering The Fly 2, 1989. Listen. Do you hear it? It's getting closer. Much closer. Don't be afraid. Be very, very afraid. You could finish your father's work. You're as brilliant as he was. Something odd is happening to me, and I don't know what it is. It's getting worse. I'm getting better. The Fly, too. Like father, like son. So, The Fly, too. Oh, this is part of our second serving, even though it probably will not be coming out in the second week of March. Yeah, we're just going to do some sequels and not worry about trying to pin it down to a week. It's Shad's birthday month, so this is one of his picks. Yay. Yay. Uh, the film stars Eric Stoltz and yeah. Daphne Zuniga. Yep. Who everyone should know from Spaceballs <laughs> and Morrow's Plays. And The Initiation, which I'm pretty sure we covered or I covered it in my mind. John Getz, who is Gus from uh, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, Rose's Boyfriend. I know you two love. Yes, yes, yes. Love, love, love. Big, big fans. And this one was written, or I'm sorry, directed by Chris Wallace, who did all the effects for this and Gremlins and the original Fly. He's done a lot of different things for FX-wise over the years. And this one has an interesting group of people that worked on writing it, too. You've got Mick Garris and Frank Darabont, who both have done, you know, lots of Stephen King stuff. Then you have two other guys named Kim and Jen Wheat. Kim, I messed that all up. Jim and Ken Wheat. There we go. Who have written a lot of things like all the Chronicles of Riddick movies, the Dream Master, Night Round on Street 4. They've done some strange things, including The Birds 2. <laughs> They're good on sequels, apparently. Good on making bad sequels. Even though this movie is not the best, I still hold it dear to my heart. Very much so. Yeah, it's way overhated. It's not as bad as people make it out to be. I don't know why it's overhated. But uh, this one starts off now. You remember in the original Fly, you had Gina Davis having the crazy dream where she's giving birth to the maggot? Well, it turns out that wasn't too far off from what actually ends <laughs> up happening. It's almost that bad. She, Her character, because Gina Davis is not back in this, but her character gives birth to this weird 
cocoon-looking thing. It's a larva. It's a yeah, larva that just looks like a sticky bun of some kind. It It looks looks like like it's oozing like a thick milk substance. It's disgusting. Yeah, and then they just slice that open and take the baby out, and the baby's perfectly (laughs) normal. Everyone's and everyone's so matter of fact about it. Like no one's freaked out by this in the operating room. They're all just like, well, yeah, this is what happens when you have a fly baby. How would they not know? That that's what it was in when they did an ultrasound. Maybe they couldn't do an ultrasound because it couldn't penetrate through the thick larva. Like, but even then, you'd think that would have tipped them off that something was wrong. That they'd be like, "Well, we did an ultrasound, we can't see anything in there. There must be something wrong." What is with films having? I mean, mind you, yes, pregnancy and then the act of giving birth. It's not the prettiest thing. It is very gooey. You more than likely will shit yourself. It's not the prettiest thing ever. No. But <laughs> there's an obsession with Hollywood because we see this with Daryl uh Daniel Harris's character giving birth in Halloween um The Curse of Michael Myers. Yeah. She's giving birth too in like a crazy mind you, she has a whole cult around her. <laughs> but in a crazy way, like giving birth, we're gonna add more horror and terror to it. Look, you're telling me there's a fucking human being coming out of my vagina that's gonna splice my thing up to my asshole and I'm gonna shit myself? I don't need lava, milky white substances, <laughs> a cult. I don't need any of that. That's really scary. Uh, the first scene in Hills Have Eyes 2. Yeah, that's pretty gruesome too. Where the mutant person who impregnated her just rips the baby out and the baby dies so he just clocks her on the head and kills her and she's like her toenails are all overgrown like two inches because she's been tied up for nine months yeah that thing is pretty rough yeah that's disgusting and no i've obviously never seen this movie teeth are rotting out which your teeth wouldn't rot out in nine months but not unless you're on meth (laughs) this is true but yeah so that starts off the whole movie with that and then, you know, we pretty quickly move to, like, the montage of him growing up. And we get to see that he's growing up pretty fast because they didn't want to set this movie, like, you know, in the far future of, like, uh, 2009. <laughs> <laughs> but yet someone had humor when they were creating the character of uh, Martin Brendel because his name is now nicknamed Marty. And four years before this movie came out, Back to the Future came out, and Eric Stoltz was Marty McFly. Yeah. So now we have Marty McFly, who's an actual fly. <laughs> He's, we're just, just call him Marty the Fly. I was gonna say Marty the Fly. Marty, Marty the Fly. That'd be great. We should. I would, we should make. They should do shirts of that, like with fright rag or something. A oh, combination. Like a m- mashup. Yeah, like where he's like on the like hoverboard, but he's got wings. And the jacket and everything. The jacket and, and there's a fly face. Yes. That'd no, be that's our idea. We will sue you. Yes. <laughs> Don't steal our idea. We someone need an artist. With, someone that's art- with artistic talent listening, please do this. Florida <laughs> artists. <laughs> stay, stay tuned to the horror at gmail.com email us yes. please make us a mashup of Marty McFly and Marty the Fly <laughs> I would buy that I would yeah sold oh this movie so do you have a part of the film that you either really dislike or really like and I'm gonna go to Carrie it's not so much a part um I think it's like humorous in a sick way. 
that, like, the, the mutant dog, <laughs> when it's crawling. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's terrible, but it's just funny looking. Um, I also love the practical effects. Um, but the thing that bothers me most about the movie is actually Eric Stoltz. His, uh, his, his too, voice. He's so meek and his voice, and that's, I mean, him and Little Women, I have that problem with. Him and Anaconda, I have that problem with. He's an Anaconda? Yeah, he gets taken out pretty early. He gets taken out really early with some fly in his throat. <laughs> oh! That's like, that's like a, yeah, hey. Oh! There he got a fly in his throat? It's like a water wasp or something. Yeah, some kind of big-ass bug that they put like in his breathing gear that goes in his throat and stings him, and he's out the rest of the movie. He's alive, but um, just, he's so meek, and I it, it just bugs me. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the dog part's always pretty disturbing because it's like he's petting this like beautiful dog and like <laughs> hanging out with it, and you know he's he's trapped alone in the lab. He can't go anywhere. He has no friends. All he has is the dog. And then of course they run the dog through the teleporter, which you'd think they would start off like. Let's not start off with a dog. Maybe let's send, I don't know, a snake through or a mouse. I they had been doing, like, smaller things. Yeah, I think they had, but it's like, if it hasn't been working with the smaller things... And why do they keep it alive? Yeah, that didn't make any sense either. Like For science! Once that thing comes out and you see that it's, like, half wrong side out and it's not a dog anymore, it's like a dog worm. I mean, I... <laughs> It's like oh, what? That's what it was. It that or the thing at the end that reminded? It was that the pol the poltergeist. It was that or the thing at the end? Yeah, I think it was Uh, either one. One of them reminded me very much of Poltergeist Two when he vomits up the worm that really has the ghost spirit of the preacher inside of it, and that thing is horrifying to me to this day. It's pretty horrifying. It. The practical effects on that was amazing, but that's what it reminded me of. Still looks good. Yeah. The practical effects in this is pretty pretty decent. Yeah, they still hold up, even you know. Even though we saw like maybe like a fishing line here and there. He, I did laugh a lot when he fully transformed into the fly and was jumping from place to place, and it actually that reminded me, and I wonder we should look this up. It reminded me of one of the very first episodes of Buffy with the praying mantis. Oh, yeah, hopping around. It looked around. very similar. Just the way it was, the fly looked. They like, may have, like, used, like, base designs off it or something. or <laughs> They used the same thing and just <laughs> changed it. <laughs> well, Buffy was a Fox show. This was a Fox movie. So they might have had access to some of that it, stuff it, like, and it had just more, changed like, it. little spiky things all over it. Yeah. Um, and the one in Buffy, most of the time, was computer-generated, which, God. But it, it that's what came to mind, too. It might have based it on Because, you know, a lot of times they'll reuse these things on different oh, things. Because yeah. there was some movie a while back, I can't remember what one it was now, but it said they had bought some stuff, that, or they wanted to do a monster effect, and the guy said, well, I have this stuff left over from Game of Thrones and something else that I can just use pieces of it to make the monster for you. And they just literally used pieces from Game of Thrones and everything else to put it together and make the monster. And he's like, I'll do it for half the price, but I don't have to make anything new. <laughs> the most ran- real side note, the most random thing I've ever seen was a set piece that I've seen. It was 
Gracie Law's crown in um, Big Trouble in Little China, her beautiful peacock crown, is in an episode of Firefly in the dance. Wow. Wow. And I only noticed it because obviously I'm very familiar with that headpiece being one of my favorite movies. But they they reuse stuff, even that. Yeah. Which is why we need to go and raid these warehouses and steal all their stuff. Yeah. Well, you have to have the whole the whole movie. If you really think about it, the whole movie is literally about this inside out dog because it connects to. Like what Eric Stoltz is going through, and, character yeah. them both being things that are being tested on. They're trapped. They have nowhere to go. You know, and then later on, the revenge aspect of how the person that put them in that situation gets it. Yes, and he finds out that this man that's been his only father his whole life, his who only he loves, mom. has not only like lied to him about this dog, but has been recording him. Like having sex with his girlfriend and is, you know, you find out the password in the end. It was the magic word and it was father. Yeah. And it was, that was pretty sad. It's a, like, as I was, I'd seen this movie, God, it's been more than 20 years since the last time I saw the movie. And I, it was one of those, like, movies that came up on the weekend and I just was like, oh, it's rainy outside and Saturday and I'm a teenager, I'm gonna watch this. And I was like, hey, this is a pretty good movie. And then I remember tidbits of it. Watching it again, I was like, man, this movie's depressing. It's really fucking sad. Yeah. And, I was- and cheesy at the same time. It's like the saddest, <laughs> cheesiest movie ever. Yeah. So, you know, he's working all this time trying to find a way. Like, they tell him he needs to complete his father's research. That he has, like, cancer or something? Or, like, an untreatable, uncurable yeah. disease? He has an uncurable disease. But wait a second. Let's, let's put a pause on that. We have to also mention beforehand that... The character has an aging ish uh, deficiency or whatever. Yeah. And he's like five years old oh, in yeah. years of life, but he's actually 20. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a little creepy. Uh, yeah. I think if I was Daphne Zuniga and I found out later that this person that I've had sex with multiple times was actually only five years old, wouldn't that creep you out a little bit? Yes. Yeah, yes. It's kind of like the opposite of Claudia. Interview with oh yeah, mother. yeah. Yeah, where she stayed little, but her mind. Yeah, grew up. Well, this one, yeah, he grew up real fast. But I mean, overall, like maturity wise and like intelligent wise, he was of, of whatever. But is that his innocence? Yeah, you know, um, of the world and of liars and people using him. Yeah, and of, of course, you know, he's been told all these these things his whole life. That's all he knows. So he's trying to like work on the research. You know, he's gonna. They tell him like he's got to fix these the teleportation pods, so that this will help him cure him too. But for the first time, he you know he messes everything up. The first couple of times too, messes up the plants. He's smart enough to at least try it on inanimate objects. Yes. And so he finally decides he's going to go through after he's going to test it. You know, he's got it down. He tests it, but that just activates. It cures the aging thing, but activates the fly genes that are inside of him. Yes, and the only way to cure the fly genes is to go into the pod with somebody else and transfer them to the other person. Yep, so he would have to kill someone else to do it. Which obviously goes against his moral compass. At the time. At the time. At the time, well, yeah, because when he finds the truth, he's like, fuck it, you're a terrible person, and I want to live. And that, the uh, the sheriff or the head of security, what was his 
Name. Uh, Getz. Shabby. Or Scorby. Scorby. He was interesting. Getz was hilarious in that role, uh, the reoccurring role. It was very short, but... I feel like they were trying to, like, they made that guy out to just be super evil. And you're like, why Why is this guy such a dick? All he has to do is sit around and watch computer monitors all day. Yeah, like, he was very, <laughs> like, mean. It was the whole thing of all this attention is going on this, like, young guy. And this guy's a, he was a genius. Essentially, the guy was a genius. And he was given everything. So I feel like he had hatred for this freaking kid. Just because he had things he didn't. Yeah, because he was the freaking, you know, blue-collar worker or whatever that was going to be sitting in front of a screen. That was his whole life. Like, that was as good as it was going to get was working for this fucking company. He was not going to excel to, you know, Eric Stoltz level. Even with the bitch, like, voice. (laughs) Why did he automatically inherit his father's brains? Like, that's not necessarily a thing. Well, that was just a story. Because, I mean, you can't have him be like... He's aging and all this, and he's like the dumb kid. That does yeah, it. but how is he going <laughs> to cure himself, Carrie, if he's not a genius? You're really stuck on this whole genius thing. Sometimes smart yeah, parents know, have like, smart kids. No, I know. I'm not saying it happens every single time, but it, it, yeah. it's a thing, you know? Yeah, like I said, they just had kind of had to have that for the plot, too. Because if he was just an average kid and it was just aging at the thing, then there had to be someone else, like pushing him through the pod and everything and they just it was just one of those like it was convenient for the plot things i think oh the funny remember we were talking about the houseboat yeah and how like fantastic her the daphne zanaga zanaga's character just lived on this like fantastic house like two-story houseboat two-story houseboat and, it, and she lives on that with no problems and you know she meets him, and of course, they have all these romantic dates at work. Like, she's the whole time that they're going out. Like, they never really go anywhere. They just stay in the building and go to his house. So, from his point of view, he's just found, like, the ultimate hookup girl because he just leaves his apartment, goes to his job. Yeah. Which is only kind of all in the same complex. Meets her. They have their little dates going back and forth in the building, but they never really go out anywhere. Yeah. Which is kind of weird. You'd think that at some point she would have been like, why don't we do anything outside of work? We just- Her name is Beth. Beth, sorry. Yeah. Of course. But yeah, so... <laughs> Best name ever. They, uh... When she finds out, like, that, you know, the, the lab is gonna, you know... I'm sorry. When he finds out that they've been recording them having sex, and they're not really, you know, helping him out like they thought he thought they were, that's when her and him kind of go on the run. They only did it one time. I don't know why he's so mad. Like, they took months and months of them having sex. They only had sex once, and I feel like I would be more mad. Maybe that's why he was really mad. He was like, I only got to bang this chick one time. Okay, I just learned how to use my penis. And now... <laughs> and I'm five. And I'm five. <laughs> and I get to bang this girl one time, and now I can't bang her anymore because I'm going to turn into a fucking fly, and I'm not going to have a penis anymore. I'm going to have whatever flies have. Yeah, and they... Stinger. They go, <laughs> they go running off, and of course they, you know, she she brings him back to the lab. She calls and has him come pick him up because she figures out pretty quick there's something creepy going on with him. Oh, and yeah. he starts cocooning and stuff. Yeah, he starts building a cocoon. Yeah, on the when couch. they go to the hotel, and yeah. it's like the furniture was creepy enough in there already, and then he made a cocoon on it, and that seemed to. That's the parks again. I haven't seen this in probably 25, 30 years. I saw it very, very young, and the part, the only part I remember is him just. Kind of in like a cocoon, like chrysalis on the couch. That's that's the memory I have of it. And there's a deleted scene on the Blu-ray of this that we watched where it's like he uh, 
he's waiting in the back of the car and there's some kids that mouth off oh, to him yeah. and he vomits like the acid and melts like the window and everything and all this. <laughs> and I didn't realize until I read something about that, that one of the kids in the back of the car is a young Haley Joel Osment. Really? They cut the scene from that, but yeah, he was in it. And you can very clearly like, yeah, you can see it. It's a it, tube. Yeah. Like he opens his mouth and the tube is on the side and he just, ah. So I'm sure that's probably why they cut that. Cause they looked at it and said, ah, shit, we can see the tube. Yeah. Because some of the other stuff is pretty good. Because, of course, they've got the puppet where they've got the vomit thing in his mouth. And i got to say, the fly looks pretty good in this. Where he's like, when he turns to a full fly and is running around all over the place, that and looks pretty good. When he sprays that thing, again, I'm going to mention another movie. It reminded me of the faculty at the end where he stabs it and the creature like opens his mouth and sprays. It, it, to me, it looked very much like that. So maybe it has influenced a lot of other... Projects. Probably a lot of practical effects figured out, like, this yeah. is how we got to do this from this, you know. To make it look good, so yeah, we don't have, little, like, things like, sticking out. spurting and stuff. Yeah. Know? But, yeah, the, the effects of this at the end when they, you know, he, they take him back to the lab, and, of course, in just a little bit, he comes out of his cocoon again, and he's the full-on fly. And like, then... <laughs> <laughs> and then he is just wreaking havoc in this place. I'm a fly and I'm mad at you. <laughs> so he's, is he Michael Jackson? <laughs> yes, he sounds like, like he just, his voice is just so just like. So falsetto and. Hi, I'm a fly. I'm a fly away. No, you kind of sound like Mr. Hanky. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Mr. Hanky. But I wanted the fly. The fly never really says anything, but I wanted the fly to talk because I really huh? wanted to hear the, the fly. The fly does talk. He doesn't talk. He talk. He. What are you talking about? He talks to the freaking do- uh, to the to the father to the fake father figure. I'm not saying he has a full conversation. I don't feel like he says any words. I think he taps the computer and types in like father. Yeah, I don't remember him actually saying anything. No. <laughs> yeah, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> We've been talking. <laughs> yeah, no. Maybe because there's subtitles and I'm reading it in my mind with his Eric Stoltz voice that I think that he talked. Maybe that's what, what happened. <laughs> Wait, no. I need, We need to go back to the movie, okay? We need to edit the scene where he's like full fly and then we need to dub over a voice. That could be a fun YouTube video. Put some, uh, put some Michael Jackson voices in there. Hey! I saw the thing where they replaced Timothy Chalamet in Dune with Elmo. They replaced him with Elmo and had him doing all this stuff. I'm so I tell you that that was the actual better version of that film was with the Elmo. Fuck Timothy Chalamet. I'm all about the Elmo. The guy's Elmo voice wasn't quite as good as it could be, but it, it was still pretty funny just to see him. He's doing all the scenes from doing with the with the Elmo. I was like, oh god, people had too much time on their hands. And Timothy Chalamet, he's about that short, so they got the. That's how they were able to make that flawless looking. It was Probably like the sure. height was he's good. Just very Bony. And he weighs like 10 pounds. Yeah. Someone get that man a sandwich. Because someone could easily cover him up with Elmo. He hungry. <laughs> <laughs> he has to be hungry. Just like the fly. He was hungry for freedom. So, <laughs> the in the climax, if you will. Yeah, where they have all... They Not have the, the big... part where Daphne Zanigo writing yes. him like a... Yeah, they... <laughs> Horse. <laughs> 80s man they always had to make sure that there was a good sex scene in all the horror movies i feel like they've lost that now i know it's so sad it's like come on bitches y'all showing your titties out here for free no you know they're their only friends now so they're like you can pay for that yeah, yeah 10 bucks a subscription a month yeah i'm not gonna show my tits on the movie anymore Terrible. and or penises i'll have them all the tits the butts the penises all all the parts 
Let's bring back the genitals in horror least, movies. At, at least you didn't see a fly penis in this. That would have been not horror movies, but the Euphoria show does show a lot of peen. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. it's HBO. They're all about the peen. Yes. So. So yeah, the and climax. The you know, he's running around in the place. Like I said, just he's killing guards, throwing them around. There's a great scene where somebody gets their head crushed by the elevator. Oh yeah, that was an amazing like. Because mm-hmm. you know they just filled the head full of guts and stuffed it back in the day, and it looked great. Wait, but it still looked very good. Remember when he threw the guy and he landed on the stair railing? And oh yeah, and like, he just stuck. Oh yeah, and he just, just stuck like, stuck to it. Like <laughs> he threw him so hard, he stuck to a smooth metal railing. Yes. Like I don't know how hard you have like, to be thrown. Arms wrapped around it and draped <laughs> over like a blanket, and is not moving. Yeah, I love that part. It's like they just threw the guy up there and said, "Now just lay there the rest of the scene," and he was like. <laughs> Okay. okay, this is this is the easiest job I've ever had. I just have to lay here on the scene. Yeah. Best stunt man ever. Yeah. I hope they gave him extra pay for that because it looks pretty fucking realistic. But realistic, but not realistic. It's like, how is he stuck on there? Maybe they had Velcro that we couldn't see or some shit because he was there for a while. He was just hanging on, but it was a great scene. You just, like I said, you just threw him so hard he stuck to the rail. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like a fly. Like when you smack it and it just sticks. That was what they did to him, but it was reverse. It was a fly doing it to other people. Yes. Well, there isn't... A part three, is there? No, they never made any more sequels to this. That now the original, the original Fly. Well, yes, they made had. they made like two more of it, and there is a comic book that came out like in twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen. That's essentially the Fly three. It's uh, the Martin Brundle trying to cure the guy that he left like at the end of this. Oh There's wow! Some, wait, what's the movie called? It's just uh, it's a comic. Oh, and it's just called the Fly. But it's essentially like the fly part three where he's trying to cure the guy and he you find out he didn't lose all the fly abilities like you thought. He still kept like, you know, he was stronger and faster and all that. He was like the Spider-Man kind of thing he was yeah. doing. Better, but faster, stronger. Yeah, so it's not bad. It has really great covers that Jason Edmison did the covers to all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they look really cool. But I, I think I've got them somewhere. The fly play. outbreak? Yeah, that's it. Okay. It's pretty decent. There's some cool, uh, cool covers to the comics, and but yeah, I've I've always kind of liked this movie. It, it gets a lot of hatred. People make it like it's the worst thing ever. I don't think it is. I enjoyed it. Now the sequel to the Vincent Price Fly is completely different from this one, correct? A little bit. They kind of have the same idea. Like it's the son of the guy from the original Fly who's trying to create his work, and then he gets turned into the Fly. Mm, okay. So it is a little like it, but it's not like he's born with the thing. He just repeats the same. In that movie, it's the gotcha. same thing. And like, oops, another Fly got into the chamber, and he just happened to <laughs> have the same thing happen to him that happened to his dad. So you would think after that encounter, you would just have like a whole basement full of fly strips everywhere, so there wouldn't be a random fucking fly that goes into the thing. There would be nothing in there at all. Like I would have that place locked down. Nothing would come in or out of there. Not even dust. Bug you know? spray. <laughs> Who plays the son? Do you know? Not off the top of my head. No, in the original. It would, I think it would be hilarious if it was Vincent Price. <laughs> no, Vincent Price still. He's still there playing the uncle. And he comes back, I think, in the like the curse of the fly. It's Vincent Price trying to do it, and I think he gets turned into the fly. Okay. And that's why you know Vincent Price agreed to do that one again because he didn't have to be there for half of it because they just put someone else in the fly head and hand and have them going around. Yeah. Oh, that's right, because he wasn't the fly. It was the other guy that was the fly. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot that for a second the, because all I'm seeing is like the ending where he's yeah, like. Yeah. Then that's to the that's girl. Vincent Price like. Yeah, he's supposed to be the uncle, and he's there, like, with the kid, and they see the little fly trapped in there doing that. Help me! And they smash it with the rock. Very sad. Yeah, and, like, 
what always got me though, even as a as a kid, was like, why aren't they doing anything? They see the spider is about to eat this fly person, it's screaming for help. They wait until the spider is like crunching on him before they smash it. It's like, thank thanks for that. I guess because of the disbelief that you have like a human head on a fly, and you're like, what the fuck is that? And it's so small. It's not. Yeah. I think his son was played by someone named Brett Halsey. Okay. Brett Halsey, eh? That guy. Oh, yeah. He was in Young and the Restless. Oh, there you go. <laughs> that just... No, no. your mind, right? Yeah. And then we never saw Eric Stoltz again. <laughs> no, him? I'm sure you... Yeah, we've he seen him. He was in Little Women. Ugh, can't And then we never saw Eric Stoltz again. <laughs> and then he was in... Some other Anaconda. stuff. But, oh, yeah. And then he ate a fly, and we never saw him again. Um, Let's see what he has been. He's been in a few things here and there. He was in that movie in the '90s that was written by Tarantino's partner, that Killing Zoe or something was the name of it. Oh, no gosh! Yeah. And then he was, he was in Mask. Oh, he's in Mask. Of course, he's in Pulp Fiction the too. The kid with the deformed head. Yeah, no, I I know, but that movie is so old. Some kind of wonderful Pulp Fiction, the butterfly effect. Um, oh yeah, I forgot he was. Oh, in he was that. in that butterfly effect. Yeah, he's the dad. The uh, Prophecy, he was in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Jerry, yeah, but that's like pre nine. This movie came okay, out in nineteen eighty nine. Okay, Jerry Maguire. Okay, more recent. All so, right, yeah, so we so we did see him again. We did see him again. We just but forgot about we him. forgot about him because he talked like this throughout the whole movie. <laughs> so we so didn't he was recognize in some for TV movies. Yeah. Very not good ones, apparently. And then the porno called was. The Spanish Fly. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it a porno? <laughs> because this, you, you make the Spanish Fly drink and it makes you horny and then you have sex with a fly. Oh, is that a drink? Yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to be, it's like a, it's like a real hypnol kind of thing, supposedly. Oh, but, yeah. So that, that's why she went to porno. I thought you meant like he would become like a Spanish Fly. <laughs> Like, what, what is he wearing a sombrero? Like, why would it be him? He's not. On the base. He's got. A, he's got a little sombrero on and a little poncho. But he's well, that's not his. It's saying they fly. Like, he's very ginger to play a Spanish man. <laughs> so I would give this. Uh, let's see, what I would give this a uh, three knives. Out of how many? Uh, what Out of five. Five. Yeah. Three because I like the nostalgia of it. Um, because I used, I've watched the person I used to watch it with, I have good memories of that, and it wasn't terrible. No, like I said, it's a good, solid three-star movie. Yeah. Or three, in our case, three like nine. A C plus. Yeah. Yeah, we don't we don't do C pluses. Okay, I'm the only one who can get the rating wrong because I fuck it up every time. So you have to get it right. It was two and a half knives for me. Okay. It's knife reading. 2.75 knives. <laughs> we'll break the tie. We'll go there. It's the two knives and a hilt. Yeah, there you go. Yes. La mosca. Espanol. Oh, <laughs> Spanish fly. Shoe fly, don't bother me. <laughs> I'm talking about this in the movie now. I am Anigo Matoyas. Oh, wait. He's Italian, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I am Nigo. I I'm a there, is, the fly. there are no drugs or alcohol involved in the making of this episode, just yes. so you know. Yeah, this is just all just a can of Coca Cola and flycense. Yeah. Flycense? Flight nonsense? Flycense yeah. to wed. There we go. 
Because they might have got married after this. We don't know. Uh, has there been any other fly? I'll fly to remember? Yes. This is this is going to be the sequel. <laughs> We're just going to start there naming. Been any other fly movies since the fly? Now, I, well, there is um, me- Mimic. I was about to say Mimic. <laughs> no, Mimic. The fly in the Those city. Those are roaches that get... Well, yeah, they're like a... That's disgusting. I hate that movie. Yeah, what were they? They were, yeah, they engineered. They became like some kind of giant insect. They ended up, they like were supposed the to kill. people. Yeah, because they were supposed to kill off the rats, weren't they? No, they were supposed to kill off another roach, I think, that was spreading a disease that was killing children. Okay. And they were engineered to not be able to reproduce and die off, but somehow they But as Jurassic did. Park taught us, this. Life finds a way. There you go. Then you have uh, Meet the Applegates. Oh yeah, that movie is about the the giant cockroaches from the Amazon. That what movie is this, and when is it from? Carrie, it's from 1990, and it has Christina Applegate in it. Which is weird that they and called it, it Meet the Applegate. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how if they did that before she was on board or not, but again, that's Ed Begley right? Jr. She's in the movie, right? Yeah. It's Christina Applegate. You know what? No, it's not Christina Applegate. But you know who is Ed Begley Jr. is in the movie, and so is Stalker Chaining. She's the mom. Who, Stalker Chaney. No, I heard you. Ed Beagley Jr. I know. The daughter. Oh, the daughter. The daughter, I have no idea. It's an unknown person. I have no idea who this okay. is. That, no. I thought she well, was in that for some reason. Maybe it was just because of the name. Maybe. I also yeah. thought she was in it. Let's see. We'll, we'll girl, see. Is like blonde Kelly Bundy? Yeah. Like, yes, she she go. is. But they're, they're a group of, they're a family of giant cockroaches from the Amazon that become. Are they, they, wait, are they made up as cockroaches? At some point, yeah. But at a point, they all turn like human, and they come and they live to try and destroy this like factory that's going to be built there. It's very weird. I don't think they're. That's fantastic, and I need to see it. You've yeah. never seen this I've movie. I've never even heard of this movie. Yeah, it's Camille Cooper is the girl. Okay. And she does have a Kelly that, Bundy. that look Kelly Bundy esque, which is why I thought Kelly Bundy. Yeah. But yeah, that movie's pretty fantastic. If we're talking about bug movies. Yeah, that one's pretty good. Um, but yeah, that's really the... I'm trying to think if there's any other good I mean, bug there's movies. Other, like, there's arachnophobia. And there's one just called different. Bug from the 70s. It's just about giant cockroaches that come out of the ground and they can get like super hot and burn people. There's that movie Bug that's with Ashley Judd. and. The oh yeah, she that, loves that movie. That movie freaked me out. That The last whole climax scene when they're just spiraling into each other's like mental dis- disorder I-, I will never watch that again that is the only movie in my whole life that I left the theater and asked for my money back because I was I like you said you love that movie no I hate that movie no I've asked for my money back twice and it wasn't necessarily it was because the movies were really bad and because there was a lot of people just being so loud I couldn't even try it so one was Meet Joe Dirt (laughs) and one was The Scorpion King yeah and I remember looking at these graphics being like this is horrible and The Rock sucks yeah Camille Cooper was in a shocker oh okay I don't think I've ever asked for my money back on one but uh there's another bug one too called Phase 4 that's uh, about a, a colony of ants that somehow they, they all become like a... Isn't District 9 technically their bugs? Or are they like, they're alien bugs? They're right? aliens, yeah. The ants in Phase 4 all become like super intelligent and they, like the more of them they get together, the smarter they get. And they start like building these like weird structures to communicate with people. They're like, 
the structures and the things on the ground are like mathematic symbols and all this kind of stuff. They get it gets really weird. Wow. Yes, technically the faculty. It's a parasite. Yeah. It's like a worm. So, so they're still making good bug movies, but they just don't make a lot of fly movies. Well, a lot of the things we mentioned are like the creature, like alien s yeah. bugs, but bug bug. Obviously, this one. See, yeah. all that, not this one, but all that I, I put into the category of creature feature. And I know it's not the technical creature feature. I'm talking, I put that in like Anaconda, Lake Placid, Jaws. Anytime the animal is bigger than normal size, yes, like it can uh, throw it into creature. If it's just no, a ants. We just literally named all these movies. And <laughs> it's just the like, one with the big ass ants. Them. Them. There you go. That was from the 50s, though. Yeah. I thought you were talking about the, no, the, not the, the Pixar movie. No, not the Pixar movie. No, that one's them. just called Them. Yeah, but the giant ants. That one's actually, you know, for a movie in the 50s, the effects of the giant ants are actually pretty good. Yeah. But. I don't know if I could sit through one of those, to be honest with you. It's not as bad. This one is a little better. She don't like black and white movies. Uh, I've only sat through one on purpose, and it was fantastic. It was psycho. Yeah. You might like them. It's it's pretty good for the 50s. Leonard Nimoy has a small part in it. Yeah, so, he does. And uh, what's the name of the guy? Um, I'll, I'll show it to you later. But So that's it for this week. We have discussed, I think, all we can talk about. The Fly 2 and every other bug movie that existed. I'm sure there's a ton of There's, ton, ton, there's more. a ton more. Those are the ones we can think of off the top of our head. Yeah. Oh, that freaking one, uh, Silent Night. Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, like three or whatever oh, yeah, that we just the, covered. Yeah, there's some weird like insects in that that they keep putting oh, in people too. Nasty. Yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty. It's disgusting. Like I like it, that movie is horrifying, yeah, but yeah. it was really fun to watch and cover. Yeah, you get like a greased up naked Clint Howard chasing people around, putting bugs in them. It's really weird. It's a big cockroach. There's a multiple cockroaches Clint in the Howard. film. That yeah. already horror. Already like yeah. Horrified. That's scary enough. Again, when you add like giant cockroaches that he's carrying around, that's even scarier. And you know those were not fucking practical effects. Those are real fucking cockroaches. Yeah, I'm sure. Disgusting. Well, on that note, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for joining us, and thank you, Carrie, for being our guest. Yay! Joining us on the fly too. Stay tuned to the horror. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Good night.